Hey, this is Mike Brake, the lead pastor at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. Just want to say thank you so much for stopping by the podcast today. I hope you feel encouraged and I hope you feel inspired today to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Enjoy the message. We're going to run to win tonight. We want to run to win. We talked about that last week. Our theme verse for run to win comes out of 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And Paul, he's talking to the church in Corinth. He says, don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. And here he says it. You can put this in the chat or you can say it with me out loud if you're in the room. So run to win. It is okay to want to win. All right. We talked about last week being competitive. We talked about last week uh, building your foundation on Jesus. So if we want to run to win, we're giving you some things that are going to be like a catalyst, like a motivator while you're on your race. He says, all athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we're going for something much bigger, baby. We got an eternal prize that we are shooting for here, not just something temporary. So I run with purpose in every step. And I'm trying to keep this real simple. Like, Sunday school, freedom kids, simple. Last week we said you want to run to win, you read your Bible. Get in the Word and make that your foundation. I, I was just trying, to, again, to keep it simple. All right, That's our foundation, and that's going to be a catalyst for everything we do. we got training to do if we're on this race. He says we're training. we got purpose in every step. Get in your Word. I want to know, did you get in the Word this week? What, what did you read? Let me know in the, in the comments. Um, where, what did you read? What stood, what stood out to you in your devotional? I'm doing a Bible. I got a, a plan in the Bible app, like a 30-day plan that I'm going through, and it's been speaking to me about the consequences of sin and how that just wreaks havoc in all areas of our life. Um, and so I've been getting in the Word this week. I hope you have, I hope you have too. Um, here's... One of the challenges, I want to go through four challenges today, and then I want to give you four questions that we're going to ask based on our, our second catalyst. But one of the challenges that we face when it comes to our purpose and running our race is just simply the idea that we don't know. We don't know. Like, if I were to ask you, how many of you would say, and you can answer online too, would say, I have a purpose in life. Raise your hand if you're in the room would say, I have a purpose in life. I have a purpose. Almost everyone's saying it. If you're online, you can say, yes, I have a purpose. I have a purpose. All right, I see Lily was reading Joshua 1.9. And I'm going to say Joshua chapter 1 is one of my favorite verses for leadership, for encouragement. He did not give us a spirit of fear. He's like, just go. I'm calling you to get up and go. Don't be afraid, Joshua. Go and take that promised land. I love that, Lily. But we would say, hey, I have a promise. But here's the thing I know as a pastor. This may not be everybody. But if I were to sit down with you, Cindy, or if I were to sit down with you, Linda, or Seth, or Matt, or Robert, if I were to sit down, the majority of people, if we had a one-on-one conversation, would say, if I were to say, what is your purpose in life? I have a purpose. What is it? I... I I don't, I don't know. We might really struggle with what is that purpose in our life. And so a lot of us, one of the challenges we have is we just don't know. I remember one time being on, a, on an airplane, pre-pandemic, and the plane had just landed and we're getting ready to get off, off the plane. I happened to, I had my phone and I was calling my parents and I, just letting them know, hey, we landed and we're getting ready to, to get off the plane, switch planes and everything's on time and that sort of stuff. But I also have my family with me, and it's our turn to leave and walk off the plane. So I'm talking to my parents and making sure we got all the bags and we're ushering through. And, and as I get up and I start walking down the aisle, I'm about four or five uh, seats up ahead, and I'm like, oh, wait a minute, wait. And I'm still talking about, I'm like, I don't have my phone. I don't know where my, my phone's at. And I'm looking, I'm just like, I, I got to go. And I'm telling Rita, Rita, stop, stop. I don't know where my phone's at. I think it's back there. And I, I start to notice everybody who's all around witnessing this is like, and then I hear my, my dad. He's like, son, you are on the phone. And I'm like, ah, I, I don't, I, I was clueless. 
And, and that can really, if we're running a race and we don't know what direction we're supposed to go, we can, we can go off, off on a lot of different directions that God never intended. So it's important to know that I have a purpose and we want to get you situated and going in the right direction. That's what a lot of these things are, that we're talking about that are catalysts. I mean, did you ever, you got to think about this. The fact that when you got saved, God didn't just zap you and kill you and send you right to heaven. Like, why are you still here on earth? It's not just about salvation and going to heaven. Although sometimes it's kind of weird when you see those churches that have like a graveyard right next to it. You're kind of like, what the heck's going on there? They get you saved and then, bye Randy, you know, see you later. So I don't know. Like, um, God has a purpose for you. We talked, we ended with that last week. You're not dead, so God's not done. And I really, truly believe that for you and, and for anybody who's watching tonight, that we have a purpose and that we're meant to run this race with purpose. But a big challenge that we face is that we just don't know. I, I will tell you this, the getting in the word, that's a solid foundation to get started. It's a great place to start. It won't necessarily tell you exactly what's supposed to happen, but it's a great goal. And I will summarize this. Whatever your purpose is, it is to know God and to make him known. So whatever that is, whatever that is, it's always going to go back to that. Your purpose, your dream, that God-given dream that he's given you, and we talked about this in the Jump In event, you know, you have a personality and you have spiritual gifts. All of those things are going to be to make him known to other people. So don't get that twisted either. Whatever it is, as long as you're going in that general direction, you're, you're headed in a good spot. You're headed in a good direction. So don't get too frustrated if you don't know, but that is a challenge and that can lead us astray. A second challenge that we face, and go ahead, just say, say this in the comments, because we all struggle with this. We all struggle with going all in. We, we, we're, we're, we're in church and we're like, oh, I'm all in. But we struggle with commitment. I remember being um, at Time Out Pizza, and this was a couple years ago with, with my son, and at Time Out Pizza in Los Alamos, if you don't know, it's one of the few places in town that's a restaurant that has video games and arcade. And we're there, and we're having our pizza, but my son, who's little, he wants to go play the video games. Dad, who's stingy, is kind of like, eh, nah, nah. Because here's the deal, that video game, it costs 50 cents, if he wants, you know, he's going to play once, he's going to play it for like 30 seconds, and then what is he going to want to do? Play it again. Not only is he going to want to play it again, he's going to want dad to play it again, and then pretty soon we're dipping into college fund Monday, and then like, I'm sorry, son, you can't go to college because we're playing video games at Time Out Pizza. And so I'm telling him no, whatever, and Rita's like, what, what is going on? Like, why can't he go play the video games? I'm like, you know, I'm starting to, to hyperventilate over here and tell her, you know, as all the reasons why we can't financially afford this 50 cent endeavor. It's like, you grump, just go take him and go play the games. Okay, all right. So we go and we play in the games. And we, we, we play one of the racing games and he wins. And it's like, all right, let's do another one. And we play another one and he wins and it's all right. And then I, I got a picture of this. I want to sh show it to you on, on the screen and it's going to be up here too. Here he is. He's playing the games. It still says insert coins. He was too young. He didn't even know what was going on. He thought he was racing the race. And he, he, he thought he was in, and I beat the system. I'm like, hello, Dave Ramsey. I got you, man. We're good on this. Saving money and having fun. I'm earning, earning the dad points, right? Here, I think a lot, of, a lot of Christians in America, the church in America, we're sitting in the right seat, but we ain't all in in the game. We haven't really invested in the game. We're sitting there, and we're thinking we're having a good time, but we're falling short of what's really happening in the game. And again, I want us to go all in. I want, he, I, he says, hey, serve me and love me with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. It's, you can't give him just partial on things. We saw that with the rich young ruler. He's like, oh, I've done all the stuff. I'm sitting in the right seat. I'm a good Jewish boy. I follow all the rules. And he's like, ah, there's one area. There's one area. And you, we all have our one area where, where maybe we're not quite all in. He said, hey, go get rid of that area. Give that one to me. Then come follow me and we'll take care of business. We'll run this game. And that boy went away sad. 
he went away sad. I don't want that for you. I don't want that for you. But we have a story. We have have this challenge. I want Freedom Church to be the church. Church isn't about a building, right? It's not a building. We have that concept in our mind. It's been ingrained in us that church is a building. I want to get that out of our brain, change our mindset to say, no, you are the church. You are the church. You go be the church. And the, the, the people who we're trying to reach, they're watching your story. You are the church to them. And you have a story to tell, a beautiful story to tell. And so they're watching that. That's what they see. That's what they hear. That's what they know about Jesus is you. You are the closest thing to Jesus that they have. What story are you telling? The third challenge, the third challenge, okay, I'm all in. I'm going to build the foundation. I want to do these things. Here's a, here's a big challenge, and this isn't anything that necessarily that you've done, but we got to acknowledge and, and, and also deal with. What do you think is the, the culture's overall perception of Christianity? I'm all in, Jesus. I'm going to go for, live for you. I'm going to go spread hope. I'm going to go be the church. I'm going to go, and then whammo what? What do you, you can tell me online, what do you, what do you think? Our culture's overall perception is of church or Christianity or Christians. What do you think that is? Positive or negative? Let's just take a poll. Positive, anyone? Or negative? Who would say negative? Okay, almost everybody in here is saying the overall perception. I'm not saying it's that way all the time, but just overall, we, we know this. We're going to run into this challenge. You got people who will think, hey, some... Some, some, some of the Christians, they're, just, they're racist, they're bigots, and they're trying to overthrow the country. You'll have other people who think pockets of Christianity are, are liberals, socialists, and they're trying to overtake the country. You'll have other people who think, hey, the church, they just all they do is fight with one another. They're just fighting over all this nonsense, and I don't even know who it is. And, and here's what you take, I don't, you know, there's like a million things. It's, it, we could spend the rest of our life talking about what people think, negatively about the church. Probably things that you even think about Christians in, in, in the church and maybe while we're hesitant to go all in. Sometimes I would be hesitant to go all in based off of what I see in other Christians, but that's another story for another time. Here's what I, what I see and how I boil all of it down. All, it, the perception of the church is massive irrelevance. It's just irrelevant. It's not important to me. Okay, maybe they do some good, and maybe this group does some bad, or, you know, whatever. Maybe their, 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 their view of church is neutral. Maybe it's not positive or negative. It's neutral. Maybe it is even positive, but it doesn't. It's not important to me. It's not, it's not all in for me. It's, it's, it's a lot, largely irrelevant. You want to know one thing that will capture their attention? You want to know one thing that's going to cause them to pause and peek back. Now, they're going to want to throw shade at Christians and Christianity, but there's one area, one catalyst that I want to talk about tonight that they're going to be like, I don't know if I can deny how I feel about that. I kind of like that. It's one of our core values that we call generosity. Loving people through generosity, not as a project, genuinely loving someone and being generous, living a generous lifestyle is one of the top ways, not the only way, but one of the top ways to get the, even the biggest, angriest skeptic to say, mm, but I do like what that, that is. I want to talk about that tonight. I want to talk about a catalyst in your life that can, that can not only change your life, but can unlock some vision around the people around you in your circles. And that's really what I want to do tonight, is unlock some vision. Because when it comes to finances, and I know some of you already are tensing up, you're like, ah, finances, I don't want to, you know, church just needs my money. I don't want to talk about money and church, and this is like, uh, I, I get it. I'm kind of there too. It's tense. And some of you are like, I just would rather click off. But I, w- I really want to unlock something for you. Stick with me. I want to unlock some vision in your life. 
Because here's, here's what I know from my own experience. When we talked about this last week, when I was on a helicopter being life-flighted for a potential heart attack, thank goodness I didn't have it. You know what I was not thinking about or wanting? Hey, Rita, I'm about to die. Can you get me my diplomas? Can you get me, get all the money out of the bank account? There's not much, but get it. Bring it to me because I just want to surround it to me. I just want to touch it one more time and kind of feel it. Bring the cars and all the stuff. No, ridiculous. And you're looking at me like, and because you know that. We, when it comes down to it, if we were to sit down and have a one-on-one, you don't want more stuff. You want more stories. You don't want more stuff. You want more stories. I want to unlock that for you tonight. I want to take the pressure off that you're putting on yourself in this area, get you financially healthy so we can live a generous life. And so, yeah, I am going to talk about money. I am going to talk about finances. And I'm going to build it on a foundation of where God talks about. But I want you to understand, I don't want a thing from you. Church, we're doing okay financially. We're doing good financially. In fact, we're doing... Linda, are we doing good financially? We're doing great financially, okay? I do think you should give to the church. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but that's, that's a side point. I don't want anything from you. God doesn't want anything from you. He knows this is tied to your heart. This is a big one that is tied to the heart. What's, he ta- What's God want? He wants your heart all in. These two are tied together. We gotta talk about it. The Bible talks about it. It's a big catalyst in our life. And I want something for you, not from you. I want more stories, more stories. Here's the thing, though. Here's the, the fourth challenge, and then I'm going to ask you four questions. The fourth challenge is a lot of us, and I don't know your situation, and I really don't care to know. It's, not, it's really not any of my business, but I just know in America, the stats would say there's a lot of us who are very unha- unhealthy financially. I want to live generously, but I can't, or I don't think I can. And that's a problem. Just a few of the stats show that one is like a new car payment. Average new car payment in the United States, $563 per month. In 2010, in America, the overall vehicle debt budget was $705 billion. In 11 years, 2021, it's $1.4 trillion is the, the debt in America. Now, I'm not, I, I, it seems like maybe I'm picking on new vehicles. If you got a new vehicle, I'm not picking on you. It's one example of many that we could go over where there is debt, but big time debt is also poured into our vehicles. National debt, national debt, 2008 was 10 trillion. Today, we're pushing 28 trillion. That's an increase of 178%. And when I say trillion, I might as well say bajillion or whatever. It's like, I don't even know how to compute that. Like, I know the number, but it doesn't make any sense. If you took all the taxpayers in the United States, all right, 18 and above, or whoever's supposed to pay taxes, or however you do that, whatever, it would be an average of every taxpayer owing um, a, a little over $200,000 to the government. And you, you don't even get a house for that. You get nothing. It's just nothing. It's just, here's, that's what we owe. There's nothing to show for it. All right, so we we see that happening. 78% of people pre-pandemic. Now, I'm not exactly sure on this stat. I was looking at Forbes, said um, 78% live paycheck to paycheck. And it says the Federal Reserve put this statement out in 2019. When faced with an unexpected expense of $400 or more, 40% of people could not pay it. Now, I'm not trying to condemn anyone here, okay? I'm, again, it's not, I don't know what your practices are financially. I want to show you what the Bible says. I'm not trying to condemn. And if you're feeling condemnation, that's not from God, okay? He's trying to, to show you a, a next step. Some of this debt that comes our way, some of the things that have come our way, were by our choice. It was in our head, in, you know, placed in our lap. So whether we did it or someone else did it to us or whatever, that's just the situation we're in. I want to give us some steps forward, right? Because in all of those years, we've seen increase. For most of us, our salaries have increased. Home values have increased. 
but we see financial unhealthiness is running rampant. Despite all the more, despite all the increases, you would think that would fix a lot of stuff. It hasn't. There's some heart issues that are going on. And here's why this is even more important. I want to drill down on this. This area of financial unhealth, it impacts every area of our life. If you're stressing out financially, that's going to that's gonna hurt. That's going to impact your marriage. That's going to impact your relationship with your parents, with your kids. It's going to affect your emotions that you have. Stressing out, anxiety, and worry. It's going to, it's going to impact your health. Even those darker emotions that come along with this. Shame and humiliation because of the situation that we're in. We've had people where we have our Love Los Alamos fund. I just want to say too, I want to like taste a rabbit trail here because I don't want to, I am like this church, I'm not harping on this church saying, well, you guys don't give, you guys need to give or be more generous. No, we have a generous church. As your pastor, I don't want us to lose that foundation that this is a culture that we're creating in this church that we are a generous people. And we're here to change our world. And I realize, I really do believe that this is what communicates love to our community. And you don't have to have lots of dollars to do it. Five dollars can change, can change someone's day. A dollar can change someone's day. So it's not, about, it's not about amount. It's about heart and following God and obeying him. But there's another area of our life where this can really impact. If it's, if it's wreaking havoc in our emotions, in our relationships, and in, 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 our, in our health, spiritually. Spiritually. When God's calling you to do something, start that business. But you only got $4.07 in that bank account. And you're like, I, I, don't, I don't see that. God. Like, we're going to have trouble running the race that God's calling us to do if we're freaking out about our finances. I understand that. So today I want to give you some hope. I want to take some of this pressure off because I really do believe God's called you to run a race with purpose in every step. And whether you have 100000 in the bank account, $100 million in the bank account, or you're in debt 100000 you can start today building a legacy. Right now is the time to start building a legacy on the foundation with our finances. I don't care where you're at. There's always a next step of hope. And so that's where I want to go. I want to ask you four questions tonight that can maybe help you as you're making financial, financial decisions. And here's kind of my overall statement before I jump into the questions because I'm kind of skipping around. Most people believe the answer to their money problems is more money. Uh-uh. The real solution is to wisely use God's provision every single day. What's in my hand today? And God, how do you want me to use what's in my hand right now? However much or however little. And God says... Even the littlest mustard seed given to me in faith will produce much. What if we viewed money not as a problem to be fixed, but as an opportunity to show Jesus to others? What if we valued sharing over hoarding? And I mean just over simple things like toilet paper. I got 21 years of toilet paper in my house. I'm ready to go. And we laugh. What God do you serve? Do you serve the God of lack? Or do you serve the God of plenty? And in our lives, the way we live. Is it all about me? These questions, these four questions, you can write them down because they'll be helpful as you're making any sort of financial transaction, especially the big ones, buying a house, buying a car, planning the use of our money. I want us to be smart. I want us to be wise. The first question, will this 
prevent me from living generously? Will this transaction, will this prevent me from living generously? If we're honest, I would encourage you to be honest. If we're honest, for a a lot of us, living generously is not something that we're practicing in our life. I'm not pointing any fingers or anything like that, but if we're honest, like, I want to be generous. That's my intention, but intention doesn't get me in the direction I want to go actually doing it. If we're honest, a lot of us say, well, I, maybe it's not quite in there. Here's what Paul told Timothy. He said, teach those in 1 Timothy chapter 6, teach those who are rich in this world, time out, that's you and me. All right? Compared to the world population, and I don't know the exact stat, but the vast majority of us in this room and watching tonight, this is us. We are probably in the top 2% of income makers in the world. In the world. Okay? So you are in this category. As much as you may say, well, I'm not. I'm not making as much as my neighbor or whatever. Compared globally, you are. So teach those who are rich. Just say, that's me. That's me. Don't be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable, which, duh, we know that. So there's a couple don'ts. Don't do that. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Now, Timothy was a pastor. Paul's telling the pastor, hey, talk about money, all right? I don't like talking about money as a pastor, you guys are so nice to me, but there's been a few messages where people have kind of been like, I don't like that message. Now I'm going to give you permission. You don't have to like this message. You don't have to like any message. You can actually disagree with me on this message. That's fine. I'm doing my best to kind of preach godly principles here. But you want to know what the ones that get people barking? Money. I thought the politics one was going to get them, and that one was fine. The money ones, mm, they don't like it. I don't know. Maybe I, maybe I should do better. But he says talk about it. Anyway. So he says, tell them, this is what to tell them, tell them to use their money to do good. So they should be rich. Now, I like that as a pastor. God wants you to be rich. Be rich. That's a good one. I like that. Underline it in your Bible. Be rich in good works and generous to those in need. Always being ready to share with others. And by doing this, by doing what? Being generous. They will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future, that eternal prize that they may experience true life. He's like, this is the stuff that's going to last and leave a legacy long after you're gone. That's the stuff you want. That's where the gold at. That's where the true riches are at. Honor, honoring God with our money. And I'll just, yeah, I'll be clear. I think you should support the local church. I think there's enough evidence in the scripture when you look at it. I'm not going to outline it all. They say, hey, yeah, support the mission of the church. And again, do we need your money? No, it's not not even about that. I just think we could do more together than than we can on on silos. But I also think outside of supporting the mission of the church and going and, and getting the gospel out, that's God's chosen vehicle is his church, is his bride. I mean, I'm not getting a discount at Lowe's. Lowe's isn't like, oh, well, you're the church. We're going to give you all this free. No, they're going to say, you got to pay for it. And you guys are so generous, and we've been able to do so many things because of that. But also, I think you ought to be generous outside the church. To, to, to live a generous life with people outside of the church walls. And you guys, I hear stories all the time. You guys do this well. So I think, I think, it's, I think it's both and together doing those things when, I, when, I'm, when I'm talking about this. Now, here's the cool part. When you live intentionally, when you're living generously and you're doing it intentionally, God's going to give you opportunities. (laughs) He's He's like, oh, Robert, Andy, there's someone I can trust. They're not trying to turn them into a project. They're just trying to love them and be generous. I trust them. There's an opportunity. Now let's see what they do with it. And then you prove faithful in that, there's going to be another opportunity. And he's just going to give you opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to bless people. More stories. That's what I want for you. I think it's a beautiful setup. And he tells a whole parable about it. Jesus does. 
He's like, I've given you talents. I've given you gifts. What'd you do with the investment? Did you stuff it and hide it away because you were scared? Or, or is there any return on the investment? When you do this intentionally, he's going to give you the opportunities. Oh, and there's promises too, by the way. God gives so many promises when you, li- when you live like this. He says, give and you'll receive. This is Jesus. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken, together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. Thank you, Jesus. When he gives you an opportunity, he says, I'm going to bless that. Now, don't get it twisted, because he can see right to your heart. He can read your heart like a book. If you read that and say, I give 100, and next week I'm getting 1,000, I like that. He's like, no, 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 get out of here. And we know that. We know that. We're talking about eternal things here. You may get blessed. You may get blessed in the short term. I think that would be awesome. But God's going to bless you regardless when he has a heart like this. Malachi chapter 3 says this. He says, bring all the tithes to the storehouse. That's Bring it to the church. That's where the storehouse was. So there's enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great You won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. I love that God, we have a God that wants to bless you. You don't have, you're like, "Uh, I don't know about this. God wants to bless you. That's a good thing. Another challenge that we face. I want want the, the, the promises of God. I want the blessings I just don't want to follow the principles that he's laid out in order for me to do that. That's a little bit hard, right? we got to work on that. Living, will this prevent me from living generously? That's a great question. That is a fantastic question to ask when you're making a purchase. And I, I, I want to challenge everyone, try it this week intentionally bless somebody this week. You're like, I don't have enough money. I don't have a lot of money. Try $5. Pay it forward at Starbucks. Or even a dollar. Find someone and be generous. Here's what you'll notice. You'll see a little twinkle in someone's eye. You'll see a smile. You may nev- they may never know it was you, but you can brighten someone's day. Just try it once and, and report back, or maybe you don't even have to report back. Just, just see it in action. Second question, will this erode our financial margin? Will this erode our financial margin? So the first part is talking about with money, giving. This part's talking about saving. In Ecclesiastes 7.12, it says, Wisdom and money can get you almost anything, but only wisdom can save your life. Wisdom. What I like to talk about in this area is the word margin. Do you have margin in your finances? Getting some savings allows some of this stress and worry and anxiety to subside when you have some financial margin. And and a lot of us, we're not there because we're so much in debt. We want to get there. I would just say this. If you are in a position of where you're in debt, I'm not your financial expert, okay? I can break down some, some words in the Bible and point you in the right direction, but we have resources right now, media. We had Joe Sangle here who has a lot of stuff who can get you all the things. So you can message me behind the scenes or if you're here in person, say, hey, I'd like some resources. I'll hook you up with some of the best experts in this world that can get you on the right track, that can help you plan all these things. But we need margin. When I think about margin, I think about my 2002 uh, Ford Explorer, which I'm afraid is going to be turning into the Ford Exploder here pretty soon. I'm actually due for a new car pretty soon, but I'm going to run this thing till it dies. And I've, I've replaced a couple transmissions on this car. I've wanted to sell it probably about 50 or 60 times. It has no air conditioning. Heater's kind of busted. It can get me from point A to point B, and I trust it in Los Alamos, maybe to Santa Fe, but you're kind of really pushing it uh, in this car. But here's what happens. I've wanted to sell this car and buy a new car a hundred times in my life. And every time Reed and I, we kind of ask this question. Transmission goes out, several thousand dollars. 
Ugh, I don't want to spend several thousand dollars on a transmission. I'd rather go on a vacation. You know what? We just need a new car because this thing's a beater and it's going to die. Okay, let's do some math because my emotions say new car, pretty, old car, ugly. Let's, you know, it's obvious. $3,000 for a transmission. Or we can get the $30,000, $40,000 car, get the $500 a month payment, and we figure that up with interest. Oh, over five, six years. Let's see, about $50,000 or $3,000. What's it going to be? We will have no margin. Can I be real honest with you? Freedom Church would not have started if we had not asked this question. We had some margin in our life, but not a lot of margin in our life, but we created margin. And for the first few months of getting some things, in a sense, kind of, we got reimbursed, but we needed to buy some things and bankroll some things. And God, can we make this endeavor? And I negotiated a, a 50% pay cut from what I was making and different things like that. Can we do this? We can, we can do this on a year. We can, we can manage this. We can do these sorts of things. If we didn't have margin, uh-uh, uh-uh. It, it, it wasn't in our bank account. But, but because we had margin, we could see, okay, we can, God's calling us, but we're also in a financial position where we're, we're not going to stress the heck out. We're okay. I would say for anybody, anybody, if you need a starting place, this is something that Dave Ramsey talks about, have $1,000 in an, an emergency relief fund. Just, it, just create $1,000. And you, if you search through your house, you just find anything and everything, whatever you got to do to sell it or whatever, to get sell the dogs, don't sell the kids. Um, you know, just find whatever, sell it, get yourself $1,000 for an emergency fund. And that, that will help create some margin. Okay, so everybody's going to have their own different set on what margin looks like. But you got to work hard at that. And here's one other thing too, newsflash. What, this is not the last emergency that you will face. This is not the last famine that's going to hit. You need to have margin in your life because a, a famine does not make an announcement ahead of time. I want you to be ready. And when it hits, I want you to be able to be generous even during that time, even in the hard times. Third question, does this help us prepare for the future? Giving, saving. This one talks about investing. In 2 Corinthians, it says, Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. And it doesn't say this, but it's kind of in the, in the reading. If you don't sow, there's nothing to reap. So here's a hard question for you. At your current Level of investment. What kind of harvest can you expect? For the church, I, I hesitate to ask this question because I hate, I do not want to guilt anyone in this, but I do believe that God's given Freedom Church a vision to move forward. I think it's a big part of the pastor's job is to communicate that vision but collectively and individually, it's, it's our job to set the pace of that vision. So at the level of investment that you have in freedom, what, what harvest can we expect? And it doesn't even have to be financially. At your level of investment in your prayer life, for the people who you're praying for, what, ki what kind of answered prayers are on the other side that we can expect? Whatever you're planting, he says you're going to get the crop returned based on that level, small or generous. I want a church that's generous. Does anybody have a dream that's bigger than your bank account? Do you have any God-sized dreams or dreams or goals of your own that's bigger than your bank account? I think if that's there, part of that is God is showing you something to move towards 
Why? Because when you get there, it had nothing to do with you. When you're looking at a, a something, a God-sized vision, you're like, there is no way I can get from A to B. I don't even understand. But then when you get there, because you obeyed and followed with what was in your hands, you can look back and say, I, I remember not ever thinking anything like this was even possible. But I was faithful in the little, and I just followed him regardless in that dream. Can I be a little bit vulnerable? I don't know that I've ever shared this with anyone, and this is rabbit trails, and I don't know how much time we got, but you know what? At this point, I'm fine. I'm just going to keep talking. <laughs> I'll try to wrap it up, but I just want to share a little bit about where God's given me a vision. I've said Freedom Church is not about a building. We don't have a building. Would I love to have a building? Yes, it would be awesome. It would be great, but if Freedom Church ever had a building, it would not be for us. It would not be a church building that you would envision like a normal church building. Would we have a place where we could meet and gather on Sundays? Yes, but here's one thing I've learned in the past three years as a mobile church where we set up a church. I don't need a building all week long. I really don't. I need a space on Sundays or if, to reach people and gather and celebrate Jesus, but that's really kind of it. And I, I love other churches in town. I'm not saying they're doing anything wrong. I'm just talking about the vision personally for freedom. So don't get that jacked up either. I love all the other churches. But we would have something that's, that's set for the community. It would be a place where there's like a, a community center, like an indoor, giant indoor kids playground for families to rent out and play. And I know we can't do that in a pandemic, but it's going to end at some point. Now that we don't have a theater, Maybe a movie theater, or a bowling alley, or a climbing wall, or a laundromat, or we would just provide counseling services, different things for the community to come in and out, and they don't have to pay. They could donate if they wanted to, but it is a central hub to our community. That is not for us. It is freedom's gift to our community. But let's go beyond that, because that's, that's multi millions of dollars that we do not have. I mean, like, let's say, let's take over that Old Smith's parking lot, bulldoze it. That's all a freedom complex. And it's just like, here it is, community. This is for you. We want to love and serve you. All right? There's no way we could afford that right now. Nor do I think we would want the Smith's parking lot. That's just a conversation for another time. Don't get started. Anyway, anyway, anyway. That's still small potatoes. Because I, I believe we have a God-sized mission to reach the world. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he says, you're going to go and take this thing to the world, telling people about me. Let's talk about Los Alamos. This is a unique town on our planet, and this has been on my heart from the beginning. I really believe if we reach Los Alamos, that means we reach the lab. If we reach the lab, we reach the world. Why? Because this town is a transient town. We have an influx of people, brilliant people, coming in from all over the globe. They're here for a few years. For some reason, they're like, I don't like it. Or maybe they're on a contract. I don't know. But then they leave. A lot of us, were praying for that time. When is it my time to leave? But you're still here. Anyway, while we're here, Freedom Church is a light, a blessing, and a hope. And we see God working in the midst in this town. And then what's he do? He, he sends them out all over the world. Now we're on a global mission, on a global scale, in this small town on this planet. I don't know how we get there. I do, Lynn. We get there one story at a time. One act of obedience at a time. One all in at a time. Here's what's in my hand, including my finances. As much as I want to hold on to it, God, it's yours. That's how you change it. That's how you set the pace in this race. If you go in closed-fisted, the pace slows down. I want a church. I, I, I know we're on a long race, but I want to run it fast. I want to run it fast. Does this help us prepare for the future? We're investing in our community. We're investing in that next generation. 
the challenge, another challenge, I can prevent this. I can prevent this if I choose not to follow his principles. Those Israelites coming out of Egypt had a promised land waiting for them. Promised land, here it is. Go and take it. You got to do some work. You got to follow my principles. Go and take it. Ah, no. I don't think there's a lot of obstacles over there. I don't think I want to do that. Okay, this generation, not going in. Next generation, we'll try with you. Let it not be said about this generation. We may not make it into the promised land, Freedom Church, some of the stuff that I did. I mean, I don't even know if that's God's thing. He'll work all that stuff out. In reaching the world may not happen until the next generation, be honest. We may be long gone, but it, we set the foundation. We set the culture. We set the pace. That's the vision I want us to see. It may not happen for three generations, but we're in on the ground floor saying this is how we're going to operate. Fourth question, will this maximize the use of each dollar? Will this maximize the use of each dollar? This is the dirty B word, budget. Budget. Again, if you need help with that, we've got awesome tools and resources to help you budget. Here's what I've learned about money. It goes where you tell it to go. Every penny goes where you tell it to go. Do you know where it's going? Sometimes you got to work really hard if you want to nail this thing down and get out of debt and you're serious. It's not going to happen tomorrow. But today, you can start making steps today and work yourself out of debt over time. And that's what I want for you. I, I don't want you thinking, oh, I can't do this, I'm in debt. No, I want you to work your way out of it. So you can be generous. Good planning and hard work lead to prosperity. It's hard work. No doubt about it. But hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. Better than the money that you have in your bank account. Better than the money that you have in your bank account is the stories that you'll tell. You want stories, not stuff. Can I have both? Yeah, that would be nice too, but you want more stories. That's our heart. That's our heart. I told you at the start that this message was about unlocking vision. But when I said that, it wasn't necessarily for you. When you live a life of generosity, you're going to unlock vision in the people around you. Why? Because we serve a God who is a giving father, a giving and loving and generous father. You cannot outgive God. John 3:16, for God so loved the world that he gave. Not just anything, his one and only son. He self-sacrificed, okay? I'm going to self-sacrifice because I love you and I want to see, I want to have a relationship with you and I want to see you live out your purpose, which is knowing God and making him known to others. So God says, you can't do it. I will self-sacrifice so we can have an eternal relationship. It's all about, when, when you are living generously, here's why they stop. Here's why they take a look and peek back, and here's why they're kind of like, I kind of like that. They get a glimpse of God. And who doesn't like that? They don't know it, but they just saw God through your generosity. God wants to do things like that, I think, on a very consistent basis, but it starts in our heart. At Freedom, he's been doing that. I got, I just went through today, I don't keep them all, there's plenty, but I got a, like a bunch of cards and letters from people over the past several years and I brought, I'm not going to read them all. <laughs> Thank you so much for everything you do every day for all of us at Freedom. Sermons every week, practical, relevant, has helped us both to grow in our walk with Christ. We appreciate you guys so much. Here's from a business. We bless the business here in town. Sincere thank you for the generous 
donation to our business. I didn't tell them to write generous. They said that about you. I'm a single mom, and I'm also going to college. I'm writing this to say thank you to the Freedom Church family, and I'm so grateful for all of you who have helped me in this difficult time of mine. I wanted to write a quick note and say how much I appreciate both of you. It took me forever to find a church family in Los Alamos, but you made me feel welcome the moment I stepped in. Thank you for your dedication and commitment to serve our community. You're doing an incredible job with gratitude. Austin, you're right behind the camera, man. I'll look at you. I just got a picture from your dad this week that said uh, a year ago, you got baptized. Where were you two years ago? Prison. And now you're leading. You're free. Not because of anything that you've done or that freedom's done. God sets you free in this place. Freedom Church, you're a generous church. And I want to say thank you. As a pastor, it makes it so much fun to receive these cards and have fun when people need help, we can say yes. That's the church I want to be. That's the church I want to be a part of. And I think that's God's church. You want a catalyst in your life to run this race and run it well. Live generously. However God leads you. I'm not about a tithe. If you want to tithe, that's fine. I'm not even about a percentage. Here's, here's all I want. Here's all I can ask. Seek Jesus. Pray to Jesus. Say, what would you have me to do with my money? It's yours. You've given it to me. It's yours. And then whatever he tells you to do, do that. Because that's going to work out best. You're going to have more stories. Let's stand. Let's pray. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to the podcast this week. I hope you felt inspired to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Just a couple next steps that you can take coming out of this. One, rate and review the podcast. That really does get the message out to other people faster, as well as click subscribe to make sure you get the latest content as it rolls out each week. And finally, if you want to partner with us financially, head on over to our website, click the word give. That's going to get the message out through our ministries further and faster. Have a wonderful week. God bless.